Welcome to podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Welcome to podcast 2187. It's very fun tonight. I'm very excited about it because, I mean, Mark and I are here. Who cares? It's always normal. But we have additional awesomeness two times tonight. And the first thing that we're going to do is we are going to welcome back. We're going to have our resident below deck and Vanderpump Rules expert with us here tonight. And I'm not talking about Mark again, believe it or not. Um, we, we have Andrea. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, living in a social distancing world. I've watched so much TV, which I think we'll discuss. But how are you guys? Well, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you're taking the social distancing a little far. You're, you moved to the other side of the country from me. I did. I was like, eh, I don't think New York's doing so great. I'm just going <laughs> to go to California. Yeah. <laughs> So, so first off, yeah, we wanted to just, of course, say hi, Andrew is back. And we have somebody else who you will also be very familiar with. Um, he's a resident, I'll say resident, like, pop culture guru. Are you cool with that? I, I think we'll go with that. Jared, how are you doing? Hello. I'm also socially distancing. I don't know when I, last time I saw a person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I went to the this. I had to go to the store like last week just to get some stuff, and I'm like, "Wow, people actually have faces." I forgot about that. Why you're wearing I, masks uh, now? Or? Well, yeah. I remembered I still hate people every time I go to the store. <laughs> I'm like, "Well, people still suck." <laughs> that hasn't changed. Yeah, it hasn't been a giant kumbaya moment uh, with the virus. Everyone's whenever they get together, they're still a holes. <laughs> So, I blame uh, what Bill Paxton for not uh, doing the, or no Pullman. Bill Paxton, I can't blame anything for. He passed away. Bill Pullman for not doing uh, his speech. Like, like we we need that Independence Day gathering together moment, uh, and we need a leader. And I assume it's that guy because he played him in a movie. Yeah, that that I mean, look, he is like one. He and Harrison Ford are like the best on-screen presidents we've had. Bill Pullman, Harrison Ford, and uh, Air Force One. There you go. Uh, boy, we should have a poll of that one day. I like Dennis Haysbert. He's small screen TV. Oh, but, uh, yeah, he was good too. You're right. I got so upset. I like someone was on online giving him a hard time for uh, like being the insurance guy he is, and That's like, yeah, and and, it, and I was like, how dare you? Like, like, go, <laughs> like, not know, but he's our fake president. <laughs> he's President Palmer, guys. Come on. <laughs> I've never even so seen what? that show. But I, okay, wait, wait, wait. Quick, quick question. So, so Air Force One, right? Yeah. Was it the one-two punch of uh, of Harrison Ford president and Glenn Close vice president? Yes. Oh damn, that, that's it? a that's a good combo. I just know the last time I heard Air Force One brought up was on an episode of How Did This Get Made, where June Diane Raphael had thought that when she was sitting down to watch Con Air, that it was going to be Air Force One in her head. Like, she, she got the titles mixed up. <laughs> that happened to me with, um, I wanted to watch Blade Runner, the original, and I searched Harrison Ford, and then I just clicked Apocalypse Now, and I was like, <laughs> it took me some halfway through the movie to be like, what is happening? Like, I was like, this is not what I imagined this movie to when be When is this like. futuristic? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like, why does everyone talk about androids? <laughs> when does I'm that like, where are the like robots? I don't know. It seems like just a war movie. You thought it was, you thought it was Westworld, but Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good. I'm glad I watched it. But... Oh, it's a very good movie, but that's got to be a very big shock to the system. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, believe it or not, we actually do have like uh, you know two things we're going to talk about that are related to Star Wars, and then knowing us, that's all we're going to stick to, and that's it, nothing else ever. Um, so I will I will get to that first. The very first thing that happened right after we had recorded last week's episode was another casting announcement for The Mandalorian season two, and this is one that um, we'd actually talked about. Uh, probably a couple months ago at this point based off of her tweets but and i'm sure everyone knows now but katie sackoff was cast in mandalorian season two by reports to play a bo-katan as well um as all the other recent news we're casting that we've gotten so that's cool it's even more crossover blending between clone wars and mandalorian that we have now uh and i'm gonna just actually take a step back for the other one because i feel like mark and Possibly, Jared, based off of some things you said, I think you guys are happy to talk about this one. <laughs> Any other casting announcements recently? Uh, I don't know about casting announcements, but today was one of the... Somebody with a better track record retweeted the quote-unquote news that Ahsoka would be oh. in another TV series. Yeah, that, that, was, that, that was it. But... I, re- I, I read that headline, too, uh, this, e- this evening or late afternoon, that Ahsoka would be starring or co-starring in the obi-wan series right but they didn't say obi-wan though did they they said yeah. another star wars series well i i, I saw somebody uh, reference that it would be the kenobi series i read could a be, headline that said the kenobi series but it could have been it could have been a game of telephone it's the internet, right you know i, yeah, I only I read the headline too. i didn't click on the provenance of it uh okay, now it's overkill the, the other uh, one though the, the other casting announcement that i think that tim was referring to that you and i are both yeah. excited about i assume is our, our our cowboy? I assume he's got to be playing a cowboy with his track record because even when he plays a surfer or a real estate or or a realtor, he adds an extra syllable when he plays a realtor, which <laughs> I've seen him do a couple times. Uh, but he, yeah, uh, Timothy Oliphant, who I love in everything, it's Deadwood, uh, Justified, which is awesome, and I, I just did a rewatch. Great show. Um, uh, what do you call it? Santa Clarita Diet. Great in everything. Oh, you're missing that. You're missing. You're missing uh, a crucial one that's not called Hitman. <laughs> the Girl Next Door. Oh. Really? Nobody, wa- nobody likes that? I haven't watched any of these thing? things. I blocked that one out because the lead dude in it, uh, Emil Hirsch, he, no, uh, well, he, he choked a, gr- a girl who was friends with a friend of mine. and like He was blacklisted for a little while, and then somebody put him in movies again, and Guillermo del Toro put him in his cartoon show that I like. Whoa. Wow, got dogs outside. But no, he's kind wow. of a he's a scumbag. It would appear, it would appear. So so wait so wait so you got Emil Hirsch choking out somebody and who was it? Uh, the Flash body slammed some girl. Oh yeah, that one's insane. Like like that <laughs> one's on video. Uh, that kid, was crazy. What? How did that even happen? Like I that I, wasn't I, a joke? I read something I about I, like how she didn't press charges, so it had to be a joke. Like it had to be like a setup thing. Like, I like, don't know. Right? I think she didn't press charges because she was a big fan of his. But he that, like that's even crazier though. Like, he she was just she said something jokingly, or she said something like I'm I could fight you, and he took it very literal and just like body slams this girl who's like half his size. And you could tell I don't think it was a joke because even the cameraman like moves the camera and is like, dude, what are you doing? Like. Stop! It, that's I insane, though that she that. that she like even like I I gotta say like well, I can't think of anyone who I'd be that big of a fan of at this point like Timothy Oliphant. I mean, maybe he, like, I'd be like Whoa, maybe he sent her like hush money or something. You don't know. Oh no, that's good. That, that's a good point. 
I don't know. Hey, do you, do you uh, this is, this people, is unconfirmed. <laughs> do you think people that like boxers would want to get beat up by a boxer? Like if you're if you're a boxing into that scam, kind of thing. Like I bet there are people. Yeah. That's gotta be get, a get a black eye. It's gotta be right. Maybe I don't know. Eight thousand dollars <laughs> to punch me really hard. Uh, it's it's you know. <laughs> You take pictures of it. This is a picture of the punch from, you know. <laughs> you like, punch punch, punch my ribs and I'll idea. get a tattoo of your your bruise that you can Maybe. So I, I like wow. that. This is like pitching uh, a, a, an idea for a movie. I feel like this is like Fight Club meets like, I don't know, like uh, Midnight Cowboy or something. <laughs> but like, can you imagine like getting a tattoo of a bruise? Like how much pain that would be? I mean, I or, think you no, could probably right. just take a picture of it and then bring in the picture later, right? But but if you want it to be authentic and you want to get the yeah, actual... that has to be so <laughs> painful. I don't think any tattoo artist that would do that to me. <laughs> I want giving me a tattoo that would be like, yeah, this seems this seems cool. And that's, that's why, that's why you pay the at all. pay the big bucks for that kind of talent. So who who would you want? Uh, who would you want uh, Oliphant to play? Like if if you have your choice. Somebody new, uh, sort of a you know established character. I, mean, I think like a new bounty hunter is pretty standard. Yeah, and well, he's I've, so good I, at that at that kind of like lawman type. I could see him doing a good job. Is he is some kind of ally or or like foe? Someone chasing him. I saw people suggest that maybe he plays the the character from what is it the the aftermath trilogy, the guy who found what? Boba Fett's armor. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that that guy. Oh yeah. Cobb, I think it's Cobb Vanth or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. So he, so he. I mean, you can easily have that happen, you know. And and perhaps, perhaps there is a confusion, you know. For all for all we know, the confusion with all the you know, like you said, the game of telephone is Boba Fett is in Mandalorian, but it's Cobb Vanth played by you know, uh, uh, Oliphant. And then Tamir Morrison is in it, but he's playing, you know, Rex. So I don't know. It, it'll like be interesting that. to see when this all pans out. Because then Boba Fett would still have died. Because I, I, I'm kind of sick of Disney just not, or Star Wars, I guess, not being willing to actually kill off characters. Does George Lucas dead. go? George Lucas said he's not dead. Ugh. Not but Disney. could he? <laughs> Well, George George Lucas has also said that he absolutely he doesn't own Star way. Wars anymore. And, and he said that like he always had it intended to be a, a six part story, and that he always had it intended to be a nine part story and twelve part story on different occasions. He is the yeah. definition of an unreliable narrator. And okay, like, you two have, have been gone a while, you know. <laughs> so let me let me let me tell you what's happened since you've been gone. This is a this is a no Lucas bashing zone. Tell us, oh, Kelly Clarkson. How am I bashing <laughs> You're not calling to question the man's uh, uh, mental faculties, okay? Listen, he sold the series. He <laughs> made his money. He doesn't get to say who's dead now. If Boba Fett's he dead, Boba side, Fett's uh, dead. He gets to decide stuff that's, that happens in Mandalorian because Filoni turns to him. Yeah, that's true. You have a point there. Thank you. I have I a new. I will have to say, I have a newfound respect for Dave Filoni. Um, after this Clone Wars arc and the Mandalorian, he's really 
stepped his game up, I think. Well, I, 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 cause I was thinking Jared, that, Jared, I what's your thoughts? Well, I, was, I, had, I had a thought on it, Tim, <laughs> uh, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. Uh, just that I, I was thinking about it. I haven't seen the final uh, season of Clone Wars. For me, like, leading with the Bad Batch, because I've seen the animatic version, like, it was just very... With everything else going on, I was like, "Yeah, I'll get to it." <laughs> like, I've, I've seen a version of that on the big screen, like like at a oh, yeah, convention. Yeah. I'm like, "I'm okay." Uh, so I just kind of like the momentum wasn't there. For, I think that it was for people who have never seen, ne- never taken the time to like find that online or didn't get a chance to see it at celebration because that was pretty pretty freaking rad. I I recognized that there were only like there were less than two thousand of us, I think, you know, who were in that room seeing it. So it's not a whole lot, and uh, like. I don't know. It, just hearing, just hearing everyone. I think universally, people who have never seen any Clone Wars loved at least the last like multi-part episodes. If they didn't like the whole season, and other people I know, like every everyone I know, loved Star Wars, loved it. So I, I take everyone at their word, and I'm pretty. I'm not skeptical. I think I'll probably really enjoy it. But it just reminded me of how underwhelmed I was overall by Rebels. Not disappointed. Not bad. Just like. It felt like it was missing something in the exact same way that for me the prequels feel like they're missing something. Again, I like them, just something's not there. And I think that both Lucas and Filoni work really well when they have a clear-cut collaborator when they're not the one sole unrivaled voice. But when Lucas had Marshall Lucas and other people, you know, constantly working with him, you know, we talked about uh but uh, what was it? Uh, not below deck. Uh, Vanderpump Rules editor before. Uh, Marsh Lucas is the greatest, like one of the greatest editors of all time, and I think without a doubt, like her collaborative forces influenced it, just like Filoni and Lucas influenced each other while making the Clone Wars and and writing those stories and developing those characters because it's really dynamite and some of the best stuff Lucas has done in years, and and I think probably my favorite of Filoni stuff that I've seen. Yeah, because like you said, I feel like they do balance off of each other really well. Because their entire the entire basis of their creative relationship was seems to be. Of course, I wasn't there, um, but from what <laughs> I've heard, they make it seem like George would walk in and say, "Hey, this is what I want you to do," and Dave would find a way to do it. The famous story being with Maul coming back, for example. So that seems to work really well because you get the story choices of George Lucas and you get the execution from Dave Filoni. Um, and I feel like with something like Rebels, I don't know how involved Dave was with the creative choices part of it. Um, and I, I don't know what the goal was. I don't know how much different they wanted it to be from Clone Wars. But, I mean, it, it is obvious that it, it was a little different. Um, so I think some people prefer it. Some people don't. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that the two of them working together is really smart. And that is one thing that's been interesting because I know a lot of people have been calling for them to just make new Clone Wars episodes period which i don't know how they're going to do that now seeing how the story concluded but uh even if they did it'd be interesting to see a clone wars without george lucas's influence and see if it looks like work on this final season with dave filoni or was it just dave uh well i think they used what they had come up with originally um because since they already had a lot of it plotted out beforehand from the first oh, time okay. the only difference was we know that lucas was capable i don't think he did it with every episode but he was capable of coming in with a heavy hand and re-editing or making right. change you know he was capable of making changes at the at the stages that they have that they've finished these episodes on uh in the past but he didn't but other than that like like you said i like 
from everything that I've read or, or heard, it seems like it was all in development. Like there were no, no new stories written, no, like probably very few new people cast because a lot of it was already voice recorded. It just they needed to finish or start animation. Right. And I think it's that combined with um, he Lucas did watch them and like give him his stamp of approval, so to speak. It was being reported, but I don't think he was that involved with making the final product beyond the initial like story points. It was probably like even yeah, even it's different because he was involved in the beginning. It's probably like his like seal of approval on Rogue One where he goes to the set and gives them a thumbs up and is like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm OK with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm OK with this happening. I'm glad they invited me this time. <laughs> Last time they probably shouldn't have. I was too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I was going to say, speaking of, too, we do have the numbers now that came out. I wanted to mention that, too, uh, from, was it like Parrot Analytics, I think, uh, where they came out with some numbers for the popularity, so to speak, of the streaming shows. I have a problem with that, but go ahead. That's a great way to for me to start. <laughs> like, you just go ahead and just undermine me before I even get there. Sorry. I find this, I find this premise suspect. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Jared, Jared. Jared, figure out if you can see where my issue is when he when he starts reading these numbers. Uh, I'm, da I'm down. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll talk about it after. So now, now in, in the this is the top ten. Andrea will know. I guarantee it. Well, well, maybe I know. What what am I? Let the like, let no. the man speak. Let, <laughs> let the robot do his thing, and then we'll discuss. Well, which one oh, is that, it? Am I a man or a wow, robot? Come that on. hasn't come back in a while. A man can be a, a robot. Can be a man. I think. Yeah, whoa, whoa, Tim! You're pretty close-minded for a robot. We don't yeah. have program. <laughs> it's my programming. Come on. <laughs> Wait, no, I take that back. <laughs> uh, oh man, how long? It's even been, it's been, it's been a long time since that's been mentioned, but it has to be even longer since we got him to actually admit it. Like, <laughs> like the, the last time it was like really, really brought up was uh, celebration when I met uh, Jesse and Joey. I think both of them mentioned that I was a robot. And probably came up with Johnny too. Like it, it's a thing. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that the last time I got you to admit it on recording was because Jesse had asked a question. So that sounds that, right. That, that, yeah. that tracks. That, that, that tracks. <laughs> so in third place on this top ten list for streaming shows, we now have Stranger Things, which for a while had been number one, and the numbers for it are almost fifty-eight million. And I don't know exactly what these are. If these are like viewers with certain retention standards or what, but that's the number. Um, number two is now The Mandalorian, which is at 62 million. And then the number one show is Clone Wars, which is Wait, at what 140 was million. What was, the, what was the first one? What was Stranger Things uh, numbers? Uh, 58 million. Yeah, what time frame does this cover, Tim? I don't know. I didn't do it. I'm just looking at the chart. <laughs> And how do they get? How do they get this information? Are they oh, that's spying? the issue I have with this is that I think they get those numbers from the streaming service, like Netflix a, says. This, well, I think so did, many I, people watch this. I don't have it right here. I can try to find it, I guess. But it did. I remember reading something about how it included oh. not just views. Yeah, we hear you. Not just views, but also um, like retention of people who continue to watch the entire episodes for a whole season and not just check one episode out and all, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. I know that I read a thing when HBO was cracking down on, on BitTorrent. So it was, this was a while ago. This is when it was Netflix streaming and, and HBO, you know, go or whatever were, were 
becoming really, really big things, but they weren't quite the juggernaut they are today. I remember reading an article about streaming analysis that was basically done. It seemed like it was like illegal, like, like because they were talking about how they could even tell how many people were watching illegally downloaded copies of shows because it was analyzing what audio people were listening to and comparing it versus uh, comparing it to shows that existed. And it was like basically companies admitting that they were using their, their phones and computers to spy on their users and selling the information to some company to do research. And it's like, that's messed up on massive levels and just feels like no matter what, if it's from Netflix, it's, it's suspect. And if it's spying on people with weird, you know, initiatives and either way, it's not universal or accurate, right? Like, how do we know? And there was that whole scandal with Facebook that I guess Facebook was saying they were getting millions and millions of views on videos and come to find out it's, I believe it was like three seconds of the video. If someone watched it, that counted as a view. I think I saw a thing about that too. And like several streaming shows like on Amazon and whatever, like, like there were literally shows, other, other shows on other services that ended up getting cut because they were scared of, they, of uh, Facebook's numbers. And they're, they're like, they're, they're puffed up numbers. They're like, we can't compete with this. Like this just started. <laughs> There's no way we're ever going to, you know, reach these numbers. And Yeah. So, it, I mean, it just makes me a little distrustful of if the streaming service is releasing this how how much can we trust what they're saying i agree with both of you and mark i feel like we need uh more information to know if we what where this comes from because they don't release the stuff publicly they won't tell their numbers well i i think i think for me just the the top three the minute you lay out the top three it's like okay this is suspect because (laughs) because once you get the stranger things you're like are people really watching stranger things that much for it, it to be number three well i don't think that's of the past six months i think it's supposed to be just overall it's so like when stranger things first came out and it was huge and it was everywhere i think it may include like it's it's height or something okay so, so, there... then, so then so then here you go then you tell me clone wars at its height is bigger than mandalorian at its height i'm gonna disagree because mandalorian has people uh-huh. it brought in people that don't watch star wars clone wars I think it's still predominantly a Star Wars centric TV show. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yes, but there are a crap ton of young people, and I've d- discovered this just by talking to people who were introduced to Star Wars by this show. Fair enough. Do you, you think more people watched at its height Clone Wars or Mandalorian? I I, I don't know. I, I would. Re- it would have to be Mandalorian, like right. Even anecdotally. Like, there's people at work who don't really care about Star Wars who watch Mandalorian because they just loved Baby Yoda. Like, man, I think Baby Yoda was just a phenomenon that people yep, just that's true. I think you're probably right, but I do remember that there was a time before the Disney purchase that I remember reading an article on TV Line, I believe, and I'm going to have to try and Google this later and see if I can find it, but that the Clone Wars beat Game of Thrones in viewership. Live. Liar. Liar. <laughs> I don't think I am. I'm I'm not making it up. I, I could be wrong, but I'm not lying. You're a liar. And I don't I'm, see how like uh dare Jared. I remember being like, that sounds insane to me. Like being like, how is that even possible? Like, like, I don't see because, how because kids watch more TV than adults. That's the that's why. Well, that's 
That's why this. That's why maybe. these seem wrong to you. Kids do watch more TV than adults, or I maybe not anymore, like but they used to. <laughs> it's crazy, like not to have any sort of reality TV in there. Like I don't watch The Bachelor, but I know The Bachelor is just huge. There's so many is that, people who watch is that. Is that only original streaming programming? Because I'm pretty sure I've read a yeah. whole tons of uh, about how okay. Friends is like the number two show. Right, I was going to say like it's, Friends it's, or like streaming, Seinfeld. Streaming yes, exactly what I was thinking. Content. Andrea. Andrea, have you watched either of the Netflix reality shows? So I watched. Game shows? I watched Love Is Blind. Okay, I've heard about great. I've heard about that one. I've heard it's. it's um, I've heard it's I addictive, didn't. I, I have not watch. watched <laughs> Too Hot to Handle yet. It's fantastic. It's garbage. Really, I heard it was. Just, <laughs> I, I looked at it and I was just like, I don't know. This might be too much even for me. It is <laughs> yes, I'm drinking. I'm drinking seltzer out of a glass currently. If you want to know how my quarantine is going, are, are, um, are we making a, are we making garbage recommendations? Because I got a good one. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it is. It is both those shows. Let's put it this way. So, so we're all we're all in. You know, what is it called? Stay at home isolation here in California. So, I still have to work. My youngest son still has to work because he actually works with me uh, some days. But my wife. My oldest son and his girlfriend, who's with us, um, they are home, right? And we all watch both of those reality shows together. And they're not even half. Half House is not a reality show. It's mostly my wife and I that watch the garbage. Well, they love the garbage, too. <laughs> it, is, it is fantastic. Both Love is Blind and Too Hot to, too hot to Handle. Too, too, hold the, too, what is it? too Cold to Hold? What's that song? Too Hot to Handle. Is too, but isn't there a line in this song? Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. I think that sounds right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm drinking in control. I'm drinking know. seltzer out of a glass that says it's not about the pasta. Is it not? So, is it not even seltzer, <laughs> or is it? Is it like truly, or is it like it's, Corona seltzer, or is it still white cloth? It's truly. So I could go through a ranking of <laughs> seltzers because that's been my other quarantine but hobby. Here's the thing. Is I've just been buying all up- of them. People are picking up Truly more. Are you one of them? So the thing about Truly is that it's sold at Costco. So you can get like a big like 28 can or something pack where White Claw is at Target and it's like 12 12 cans or something. So it's just more convenient because I do most of my grocery shopping at Costco at this point because as as we all know, Southern California does not have Wegmans and therefore does not have a good (laughs) grocery chain. Have you tried the White Trash shelters yet? Have I tried what? Sorry. The white trash seltzer, uh, seltzers, the the natural light seltzers, the uh, no, I the tried. Bud light seltzers. Um, I did try the Bud Light one. I that one was actually pretty good. I didn't hate it. Um, I think my favorite one. It was at Costco for a little bit. Um, Crooked Marker. That one was really good. Pretty crooked. It it didn't taste like chemically because that's that's kind of my issue with most of the seltzers. They they have, don't have a lot of sugar, so they put all this like uh, fake artificial flavoring in them. So they all kind of taste like you can kind of tell you're not drinking something like actually made with like fruit. But that one, they somehow extracted like natural flavors. So that one, I think, tastes the best. But the um, alcohol by volume is only like four percent or something. It's very, it's pretty low. So it's like, is it eh. wrong that when I hear the phrase "white girl summer," I think of you? I think that's beautiful. I've been, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Summer House, and every time they say like, "I'm gonna go straight to the rose," I'm like, "Oh, same." <laughs> 
<laughs> like that have you been watching that mark because that season God, was no, really good no. i think I so that season that i think was this season of summer house i think was better than vanderpump rules this season i'm not a, i'm never a fan and jared knows what i'm talking about this and what i'm talking about but i'm not a fan of backdoor pilots so when they had this when they suddenly had was it vanderpump rules go to oh, where'd they go they, long like, island yeah, but that's how Vanderpump Rules started. Is but I'm not. Was... A, but I'm not a fan of those. So, so Jared, in case in case you're unfamiliar, Vanderpump Rules is, is doing its thing, and then it suddenly goes to Long Island and introduces like new characters for two episodes. It's. It, I mean, it's, then, it, I, I'm actually really impressed that reality TV follows the same principles. The that, backdoor pilot. Yeah, because. Without fail, nine times out of ten, they feel so heavy-handed. Sometimes they're real characters that, that recur, bad, like, like 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 just the ten of us, you know, off of uh, Growing Pains. He the co it, it doesn't make any sense. There was no reason to focus on him. Both that and Family Matters, like the characters that they spun off. Uh, you know, the the uh, the mom from Family Matters, who was the was it the elevator operator on Perfect Strangers? It, like, God, like they were pre-existing characters. But they were pre-existing characters, you know. Like, if the lead on this show in Long Island, if if uh, some, is it Summer House, if, if if the lead was already on Vanderpump and they moved away and they created their own thing, that would yes. that would feel more organic to me. It was not than, authentic at all. Like they had yeah. just met these people basically for the first they, time. They so, do that a lot. It feels like, like in general Hollywood, whether it's real or fake, you know, they'll engineer. But I will say. That Vanderpump Rules started as a backdoor pilot because it was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and they're in Sir, and like they go through the the door or something, and they follow the server through the door. Which I wait, thought, are you telling me there's an episode of uh, Real Housewives that focuses on the people from from Vanderpump? So Sheena from Vanderpump Rules <laughs> basically made Vanderpump Rules a thing because. She had an affair with one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills husbands, so they basically cut from uh, the the wife of said husband at I remember that dinner. Okay. So that's an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. They didn't do it in an episode where it like halfway cuts to Sir, but at the end of the episode, it transitions like smoothly where like Sheena waits on them, and then she walks away, and the camera instead of staying with the housewives pans to her and follows her which honestly that's a great moment for reality tv like that was a great transition i remember watching it and being like wait is this a different show and it just went right <laughs> into vanderpump rules and was like yes here are these trash heaps that you're gonna love <laughs> <laughs> oh man i wish i saw that you you should you can go back and watch i think it's on oh, you know what i think they took it down from hulu did they Google stuff like like there's definitely uh, shows that move around places randomly at different times. It might be in preparation. Some stuff's leaving Hulu uh, for either HBO Max or for the Peacock because those are both launching soon. Oh, so is anybody by Fox? If it's not owned by Fox no, or ABC. Reach my limit on how many streaming services. I I'm gonna try and use my parents' like Xfinity login because they have NBC cable, so they have access to it now before any of the, before any of their new shows are on. Like they have access to it like a month early. Hmm. Anything so good just, on it? I, it was like every NBC produced show, so it's every show that was that was like an NBC Universal show. So 
a lot a lot of old TV. I think there's some good stuff on. I've Get been watching uh, I've been watching a bad I'll NBC cool modern show. I just binged it and caught up to the the this last week's second episode of the final abbreviated fifth season of Blind Spot, which is not not uh, great. Yeah, no, that's one of those. Like, I just saw a, a, a preview for it the other day. I'm like, wow, that's still on. I never watched it, but I didn't think it's, it was gonna last. That was exactly why. I got enamored with it because I've heard about it off and on for probably two years from John Hodgman's podcast because he was in it for two episodes. And I've discovered that like super nerdy podcasters and like improv comics and sketch comics <laughs> like are in it regularly as the bad guy. Like, like, like they get to like play the bad guy <laughs> in a, in a it, 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 did uh, need to watch uh, alias JJ Abrams alias. Yep. Yep. Okay. You know how that was really good, and it was like started off like like a Lady James Bond slowly like got more and more sci-fi Da Vinci Code stuff going on. Yep. This shows the same, the exact same way where the premise is a woman is found in the middle of Times Square and she's totally naked in a duffel bag and she's covered in tattoos and every tattoo predicts a, an upcoming terrorism <laughs> you know, incident like it's it's so insane and it slowly gets more and more and more insane but in the real kicker for me i ended up uh, watching it and and the thing that makes it cross over into it's so bad it's like legendarily good for me is there's nerdy uh lab tech person which is usually i found in probably the last 20 years is usually uh an attractive young lady they have made to look like some kind of nerd or punk or someone that's not supposed to be attractive, but they clearly are. <laughs> and and they like are quirky and really weird lab people, but everybody there loves them. Well, her this this one's character's dad is played by uh, uh, Bill Nye, and he is also <laughs> playing Bill Nye in the show. The character's dad is Bill Nye, the science guy. That's amazing. It's so insane. It's like somebody wrote that and then decided, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm going to pitch that to the writer's room. And, <laughs> like, and then they got approved somehow. Uh, and full circle back to my spinoff talk, the science lady is the littlest sister from Growing Pains, which spin off, uh, what do you call it? Just uh, just Tineva. You brought down the house. Everyone's out. Yeah. Like, so you're I, blown I, away from by that information. It's, it's a nerd snake eating its own tail. That's what I can do. <laughs> well, and I was going to say though, because c- kind of making it uh, going back to what Mark, the article he was bringing up before, you said you hate the like with the back end spinoffs, right? Uh, if it's done, if it's there are ones that you you're watching and you're like, okay, this is going to be a you know. Yeah, I forgot the term now, something Jared, because I'm old. Uh, backdoor this, pilot. Thank you. It's gonna be a backdoor pilot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you could find the Vanderpump Rules Beverly Hills one on YouTube, Mark. I think it would be interesting for you to watch it. I think you would like it. I don't think if uh, those listening who don't watch reality TV, I wouldn't recommend it because you're probably just gonna be like, "This is dumb." Is, but- is that one girl <laughs> on? Uh, is that one girl, Charlie Sheen's ex on? Uh- Oh, yes. So this season, so what makes me hopeful about Vanderpump Rules? You should start a podcast on reality shows, by the way. I know. (laughs) It's it's truly my passion. (laughs) But, um, so, uh, this season of Vanderpump Rules, like I I said before, has been kind of, like, disappointing. It seems, like, really overhanded, or heavy-handed with the, um, 
like way they're setting up scenes like it just doesn't seem as authentic as it usually is and it, they aren't focusing on things that i want them to talk about like i have to talk, talk about how sheena's mad that dana is getting more scenes than her rather than pretending that sheena is jealous of her going on a date with brett or max or whoever um so bringing it back to beverly hills last season of beverly hills was just awful like i couldn't finish it i watched like probably half of it they spent the whole season on like one like one minor fight that would be resolved in real life in probably like 10 minutes so i think that the producers saw the criticism it was getting last season and actually turned it around for this season they're they're breaking the fourth wall um a little bit which is i think is interesting for reality tv because they're asking the girls the housewives asking them questions and showing them asking them like saying we need to talk about your lawsuits like you can't not talk about this we need to talk about uh what happened in the news like this is all in the news you need to talk about this on camera so i'm hoping that that since it seems like they're breaking the fourth wall a little bit and responded to criticisms that vanderpump rules will be better next season um hopefully we'll get more like uh, like my favorites are like tom and ariana who i feel like don't get they they had the cocktail book with um one of my favorite podcasters danny pellegrino and that's not shown at all in the show whereas dossie's everything she does is on like her gyno appointment was on the show it's like who needs to see this on tv i've gone to a gyno every year it's boring 10 minutes of my life i don't need this on my television i want like photo shoots and drama and that's my end of my reality tv spiel (laughs) i might be excited for guys the gyno appointment what'd you say I mean, I know you used words, but I don't know what they were. Yeah, what? <laughs> ah, you guys. I, I can, t- exactly I can probably tie it. Oh, I understood Star Andrea. I-, I can understand what Mark just said. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It was Mark. That is that is literally me uh, after drinking a tall boy in a uh, half a glass of uh, <laughs> uh, High West Campfire. So I apologize. Oh, I, I said maybe. You. Yeah, I forgot. Maybe some guy. Yeah, you forget. I drink every episode. Or no, every I forgot. Day. I was going to, but I forgot. Yeah. Well, that's your fault. I know. Perhaps guys don't know what entails a in a gyno appointment. <laughs> so they show that, but then Sheena. So I can't believe I'm like defending Sheena so much on this. I don't even like her, but I know, right? Sheena had this whole story of how she like. Um, had her eggs saved because she wants to later like get pregnant. She's not ready now. She's 35. And I think that's a lot more interesting of a story than Stasi going to her annual gyno appointment and the doctor being like, you're healthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Here's an interesting story. Um, any word with you and uh, your your man? On, oh, on a, on internet child? dad. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> That's not happening yet. Uh, no, not, one day, one day, they'll have enough money to adopt me. 
But yeah. <laughs> we have multiple adult male children. Jared, Noah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta know get your hands full. We have too much going on. You gotta make sure Noah you know doesn't just eat peanut butter jelly. <laughs> He's got lots of stuff to We do need to make sure like Noah doesn't fall off a cliff again. Like Yeah. Again. Or hit by cars or He's, he like, like fell off a cliff on a while he's bike riding. Uh, I love Noah. He's. I feel like he, like he's like uh not accident prone, but like an he's accident a, magnet. Like, but if that yeah, makes sense, like it's not because prone. it's not like clumsiness. It's just bad things happening to him. He like got <laughs> ran over at a car by a car yeah. like, walking home from work. Pretty crazy. How, how does this all happen? I don't. Uh, that's Texas. what we're Texas. saying. Texas. No, it's here. Wait, yeah, we we're talking. We're talking Mark. about giant Noah. We're talking oh. about. Regular size, no. <laughs> Other Noah, but Mister Mister Pete's. One one day, I I want us to get a house first, um, which you probably know how that goes in Southern California. It's not which is why I am officially moving to Idaho June thirteenth. So there you really? go. Really? Yep, I'm out. Did you guys get I a get house? It. No, but it it. it <laughs> It's only a matter of time. That comes second. It's, so, it's so, um, it's so easy. No, I, I totally of, get it. <laughs> I, I totally understand. A lot of people, it seems like, from Southern California going to like Idaho, yeah, Nevada, Arizona, which no offense to anyone who lives in Arizona, but truly a trash heap. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who was born there and lived there for the first like over half of my life, I can say, uh, no offense taken. And, <laughs> It is a trash heap. Like that's correct. That's objectively f- true. You know what Flagstaff good came from Arizona? Is like, um, one of the best places I've ever visited. It, it is. It's where that's where I went to college, and I love it. I was gonna say the one good thing to come out of Arizona is Ted Danson came from Flagstaff. <laughs> I did have a guy like that, stalk me while I was there, but it's not perfect. Besides <laughs> that, it was the best experience I had in Arizona. I just remember that because what, it's like what? a. <laughs> It's a yeah. Town. Uh, so <laughs> when I was moving, uh, fun little fun anecdote. When I was moving to California, um, we stopped. Me and my friend drove here across the country, so we stopped in random cities um, like uh, Amarillo, Texas, and I think we ended up in Springfield. We ended up in Flagstaff, and we actually stayed in Flagstaff for two nights because we had gotten ahead on schedule, and we just liked it there. So we went out on the town because everything was walkable from our hotel. So we went out and to like a wine bar and we were sitting on the patio outside and we're just drinking wine, like having a good night, like just chatting, um, having a good girls night. And this guy like comes up to the fence that is there. It's like iron bars. And he is trying to get our attention and we just like ignore him and keep talking to each other because we're like, I don't, we don't know who this guy is. Um, and so since he didn't get our attention, he just starts, he takes like a stick and he starts banging the fence with it. And just like, (laughs) just like starts like getting pissed off that we're not talking to him. So we were both like, ah, and the waitress comes out and she's like, do you guys want to come inside? So we said, yes. And went inside and waited with them. And he ends up coming back to the wine bar like three more times, just walking, yeah. walking back and forth, just like to see if we're 
outside yet? I don't really know what his MO was. That's the start it's... of a horror movie. Right. Yeah, so we ended also, up just like... getting an Uber back to the hotel, even though it was like a two-minute walk. Well, well, that's like, a, ah. that's, that is the start of a horror movie, except that they said that they did want to go into the restaurant. If they had said no, then it would have been the start of a horror movie. So I had a we... bunch of questions immediately, like, did he have the stick? <laughs> I, think he, I think it was his. I w- it was like a walking stick type of situation. Okay. I don't know. Was it he? was very weird. It, he was an older guy, like, in his, uh, I want to say, he, he was, like, in his, so like, all, 60s. All I'm, all I'm thinking of is, like, Andrea, come out and play, yay. <laughs> he's, like, doing the bars with the... <laughs> Well, he, no, he uh, was just warriors, saying it, like, just like, yep. hey, pay attention to me. And we were both just like, ah, we're going to go inside. <laughs> that's, that's terrifying. That's, uh, but yeah. otherwise, Flagstaff, cute town. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in general a very good place. It's, I mean, it's the place where I was El Kabonged when I lived in a, uh, when I was in college one summer. Uh, and we got broken into and I was half asleep and came to while my roommate was getting uh, held up at gun gunpoint. Like, hey, Joe, who are your friends? <laughs> and then the, the guy with the gun turned around and pointed at me. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know what's going on. And then the other guy picked up Joe's guitar and broke it over my head. And oh my bomb God. Me. And so it's, it's, I mean. I've never wanted to go to Arizona less than this moment. It's a cool place. <laughs> the point is, one of the better Arizona. towns in Arizona. It is on the direct pipeline for what do you call it? It's where they arrested Sandy the Bull Gravano, the, the New Jersey mobster, because he used it as a pipeline for drugs for, from uh, Mexico to get them to uh, the rest of America. The point I was making is I can see why people are choosing Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense to me. It, 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 parts of it almost, I know it's weird, but, uh, you know, you've got your sort of scene down there where you're at in San Diego with, with like breweries and a lot of restaurants and all that. And, and I, it's not like that where I'm at here in Orange County, I, you know, Orange County is very, it is what it is, you know, it, it's uh-huh. definitely diverse, but there's not like a, oh, cool, this little restaurant, this little restaurant, um, Idaho's like that, though. You know, there's there's this brewery and and that winery and this restaurant and and even though that's not what I'm I'm big on, it's still nice to kind of be in that situation. It, it, it's really nice to live in a place where you can feel like you're in a community, right? Like, yeah, it's a little bit more so there than here. That's for sure. Well, that'll be good. I think that'll be good for you. We got lucky where when I first moved to San Diego, uh, I didn't really like my our apartment was really nice it was like brand new every no one had lived there before us like it was super oh, wow. fancy um but the area was just like not really walkable um didn't really feel super safe uh when i was walking i mean i've never felt like in danger in san diego but i wouldn't go walking without um my boyfriend but we moved to a new neighborhood this year where we live in a house now and it's just so everyone's so nice and friendly and we walk to like a bunch of restaurants and bars and there's a good sense of local community here so i think i don't know i i never really realized how important that was until we had this especially coming from the east coast where everything you have to you have to drive everywhere so you don't get (laughs) that little like uh tight-knit sense of anything really 
So, so you guys know that SNL skit Californians, right? With Bill Hader and all that. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, why do I feel like I'm a guest on that right now? Oh, we could get more so. Could it, could it oh, the I know. Oh, I know. It could get worse. But like it's the eight oh five. Exactly. You guys are going oh, on man. all this California stuff, and I'm just sitting here going, uh huh. I, I have a I funny. Said uh, the high and whatever highway number. I was like, oh no. <laughs> you're, 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 you're that sketch. No, uh, I'm gonna say I had a funny moment. Was it last week? I think. Yeah. Uh, where my parents were like, oh, w- w- was that your target? Where the guy got his arm broken? And I'm like, wait, what? And I googled it real quick, and literally, it's not. One brief technical difficulty later. It was a good story, Jared. <laughs> it was. Dude, that's why he crashed. All right. It's how people in um, not living in California thinks think that everything in California is in like one location. Like last year when the fires were happening up by San Francisco, my parents kept asking oh. me, being like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I'm, I'm fine." Well, every, every I'm time so far earthquake. away from these. Yeah, every time there's an earthquake anywhere in California, my parents, my parents text me and are like, did you feel it? And like, it'll be, but, but then I'll Google it and it'll be like earthquake in LA and it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not like if you read the article. It's like, blank, 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 blank. it's like so far away from LA, but they felt it. Yeah. No, it, again, as an outsider, it does seem mostly from talking to you guys too. It seems like anytime that something happens in California, if it's in the Southern half of the state, it's LA. Well, like, like the hell is that? Like Tim, um, can't you get to like three states within two hours from you? Uh, more than that in less time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we can't. We can't. Well, I mean, yeah. And the farther south you go, the harder it gets to do that, I guess. But especially the closer to the northeast you are, it's Andrea can get to another country in within three hours easily. Uh, uh, yeah. Right? Huh? With no traffic, way less than that, you'd think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, the funny thing for me is is it used to take me, if I was going to go down Andrea's way in San Diego, it would take me two hours. No problem. Whatsoever. Uh, now, I don't know what happened in the past five, ten years, but it takes a while. Oh, it does, for sure. It, it starts backing up, and, and it's uh, the, it takes two, maybe three hours to get there, you know, from uh, San Onofre. Uh, and if anybody knows Big Gun, they know what San Onofre is. But I do not know what. That I'm, is. I'm smiling. Okay, let's put let's put this I'm, way. I'm, San, San Onofre is San Onofre is a nuclear power facility that the, the two nuclear power plants look like. Um, oh, I know. Oh, exactly. what's going on? There you go. Thank you. And we can't say it because it's not a. This isn't a. Um. This is a PG podcast. That's right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how I know we're getting close to being home from Disneyland. I'm like, oh yeah, oh, there you go, the girls. Go. But doesn't <laughs> doesn't it start picking up? Uh, like you start getting traffic right around there now. Yes. Yeah. See, in the past, uh, there wasn't traffic there at all. Yeah. What? Right when you start getting close to like um, like Solana Beach, Encinitas area, you start getting traffic. And but we usually come be... back so late that we don't hit anything. Oh. See, there, there never used to be anything until way past Oceanside. Which, um, so speaking of Disneyland, I do have some Star Wars news that we um, ended up, last time we went to Disneyland before uh, everything closed down in February, we ended up getting on uh, Rise, of the Resist- Rise of the Resistance. 
Right. Oh, cool. Which was honestly, I have to say, it was the best ride I've ever written. Ever? That, ever. It was very, very good. And that's after two times that we were in line, the ride broke down, and we had to leave and come back. So well. we got. You have to sign up like right when the um, park opens. You have to go into the app and like get in line for a ticket. So we got number ten or something. We got super early, so we went to get in line at nine, and we got through like the in line experience right to where we were supposed to get onto the ride, and they made us leave and say sorry. The ride broke down. <laughs> That's like, well, the you know, worst. So we went back at like two, and it it is really really good. Uh, it why it, like, like what's so good about it to you? It really immerses you into the Star Wars universe, where you feel like you're in a Star Destroyer, destroyer, and you feel like you've just been captured by like Kylo Ren, and you are a prisoner in their world, and you feel like all these. They have just like rows and rows of stormtroopers that you feel like are actually there. And it it has a good blend of different types of rides where it's not just the same thing happening over and over. And I don't want to I don't really want to spoil it for people because it was fun going in not knowing what was going to happen. Um, but there were some like twists and turns and like drops that you didn't expect, which made it really interesting. But just um just being around like in that star destroyer was so cool. Uh, the one like gripe I had about it was that um, they did have ATATs and they. Well, could... well, that's that's my gripe right there. Is how you pronounce that. <laughs> well, they had they had ats and <laughs> you just like Star tell... Wars, you pronounced it both ways. And you, you could tell with those that they were just like whatever plastic like they didn't look real whereas everything else looked very uh in universe real like you're actually in star wars but like that's a personal insult to mark like them not <laughs> making the the uh ad ads is, is it was just authentic. weird i don't know if it's like the finish they used on them like they just looked not i don't know they looked like cardboardy whereas okay. everything else looked very real i it was still very cool they were life size so they were huge Andrew, um, I've, I've watched a number of these uh ride videos to where they do the whole thing in hd you get to follow them along for the rides uh, and uh let me ask you a question though you can answer honestly you're not honestly you choose not to answer do the <laughs> do the people who portray the first order like basically the line guards right mm-hmm. do they pull you out of it no i thought they did a good job and there's playing, there's like, some that don't seem to be that, that don't seem to fit it physically does that make sense oh you know i didn't i didn't notice that i i mean we only wrote it once so i only have that one time perspective but they didn't seem to pull me out of it other people in the ride like other people just riding the ride were the ones who kind of like made me be like hey i'm in star wars like shut up (laughs) like like, just like chatter i was like uh excuse me we're prisoners right now so you need to like (laughs) stop talking (laughs) (laughs) but no it was really good and um millennium falcon ride is pretty good too i have to say not anything when we first went on it it was like a 20 minute wait or something definitely worth that now it Lately, um, the last couple of times we went, it was like a hour long wait, which I wouldn't. Last recommend. couple times we went, 
Yeah, we had annual passes, but I don't think we're going to renew them. Um, yeah, but that sounds that nice. COVID? Not, no, it's just they upped the prices again. Like every time we go there, we buy like beer and a bunch of food and stuff. And it's like, eh, we could just like take a break and just do stuff in San Diego. Um, I don't know. But you could still go like twice or three times. You could still go like under six times a year and it's not quite paid for itself. You know what I mean? Like you could go Right. We ended up having to go like every month for it to be worth it. No, when I first moved here, I (laughs) I literally went at least once a month, if not more. Like like there were times I was going once a week because I had nothing to do and I had the and I had the annual pass. It's like gonna make I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for this thing in the first like two months. I'm gonna Yeah, and it's it is hard with Blake because he doesn't qualify for um like the Southern California pass you can only use on weekends, which he works Monday through Friday, nine to five. So we had to get like the upgraded pass so we went i think we went like every two weeks last summer like we were just like we got to use these passes but then you spend like a beer one beer there is like 12 dollars, and like i'm not going to be around children for 10 hours without having a beer if they're not (laughs) children so (laughs) um but millennium falcon ride was pretty good i would i would say the best times we wrote it was when the driver or the pilot i guess of the millennium falcon didn't know what they were doing and we were just crashing into a bunch of stuff <laughs> it was much more fun than when the pilots were some nerds and we like had a smooth ride did you ever uh have any arguments over the compressor or anything like that no so we never wow. ended up being the pilots we were most of the time i think we were engineers and then one time we were gunners so i mean the engineer is definitely the most boring yeah, I think that's the what ride I, that you can get. I, you press the buttons like twice and you're done. The gunners is a little fun. Um, you can you could do it manually or uh automatic and it like aims for you, but that was you still felt like you were like doing something. Right. I, I do want to be a pilot at some point, but when there's a little kid in the ride and they give them the pilot job, I just think it's so funny because they can't even reach like all the buttons. <laughs> they're just like struggling the whole time and they're like, Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but we did watch a sibling like a brother and a sister like fight when they were <laughs> pilots and it was so weird because the old the brother was like obviously older and he was just yelling at his sister for being bad at driving the Millennium Falcon. I was like, this is intense. <laughs> I have a good experience on it. I think I've found like I don't it could just be getting older because like my dad can't handle like even Star Tours, which I which I I'm fine with. Like it's not I don't know, it's not even really disorienting, but I also feel like I've been on that for my whole life <laughs> like, like so i'm just not used to it yeah. but I, I i feel like it might be my ocd meds or something but i just felt super disoriented and like was not i was not doing well when i did the uh money and falcon i think i was the engineer pretty sure which wasn't i, I feel like was the best situation for me but i don't i don't know like something about the shake you up a, quite a bit if you're not like having a good pilot yeah, yeah, and it around. was definitely a very rocky, rocky ride when I went, and it was a, uh, it was disorienting for sure. You might just be old officially. <laughs> I definitely feel like it. <laughs> uh, but did you go on the new Star Tours? The um, Rise of Rise of, what what is it? What is this movie called? Rise of Resist? No, Rise. Of oh, Star I didn't Star? even. You Whatever. know what? We haven't even heard what you guys think about the movie. That's true. 
I feel like my last sentence just sums up my opinion of it. I guess so. Well, you know what? I had a lot of fun when I went and saw it the first time. I thought it was a really fun movie. It was really exhilarating. Uh, uh, it had my attention the whole time, which is good. But I feel <laughs> like when I when I went home and I kind of processed what had happened in it and I thought about the plot, the more I thought about it, the more I got kind of annoyed at it. It just, uh, it the writing's I know, just I don't really feel, disappointing. I, I don't feel entirely dissimilar. <laughs> like, that's really close to how I feel. It, yeah, it's it just the writing is so, I don't know what the best word for it is, like shallow. It just doesn't have any depth to it whatsoever. And what's your take on, what was your take on Last Jedi? Did you like that one a lot? I love The Last Jedi, and I feel oh, like every time I watch what? the last... What? Right. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, feel like, I feel like every time I watch The Last Jedi, I get a new layer of it, and I have a new appreciation It's not a Star Wars movie, it. though. I think it is a Star Wars movie, because I think at the core of Star Wars movies, George Lucas never wanted the last movie to be the same as the new movie. He always wanted to do something different and take a risk. And that was like my core issue with Rise of Skywalker is that it doesn't take any risk, anything. What I will Nothing say, is left on the table. And what I will movie- say is very recently in that third, second episode of uh, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, where it's got Dave Filoni opening oh, yeah. for like, for a long like time. 10 minutes or something about what Star Wars Saga is, right? In the Star Wars Saga, he basically says, it's about family. It's about family. He breaks it down about, you know, Qui-Gon is the father uh, to Anakin that Anakin needs. And when Qui-Gon dies, this is the... He breaks it down. Here's what the duel of the fates is. The duel of the fates is is Anakin's father and Anakin's future. You know, he he doesn't have a father. And so is he going to get Qui-Gon? Qui-Gon's the father that he needs, but... He's the father that 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 understands what the Jedi needs to grow out of, and you get Obi Wan, who's more like a brother, and, and who's kind of cynical, and and he fits into the old way. So basically, it goes on about how you know the differences, and and basically that according to Lucas, he's kind of espousing Lucas. Star Wars is about family. Okay, agree with Rise of Skywalker or not? Sky, Rise of Skywalker is about family. Force Awakens is about family. Last Jedi is not. Last Jedi is, you ain't got family. You're not important. The Last Jedi is about the family you make, which no, is no. That's a- Force Awakens. That's Force Awakens. Well, and Rise of Skywalker uh, at the end. Yes, not not Last Jedi. Not Last Last Jedi is not about the family that you make whatsoever. I don't. I don't really agree. I think it's just. I think it's the same. I, I think that it, it, I, I can see the argument you're making, but only in the same way that Empire. Is a completely dissatisfying narrative on in, on its own, without without the context of the film before it and afterward, because in the same sense, I mean, yeah, it does. It's not about Ray's family because she just found it in the previous film and she goes back to it in the next one. But it was it was about her it was about her learning an individual lesson to to really taking that lesson that Maz tries to impart on her in the Force Awakens to heart. That it's the future is where your family is. It has nothing to do with the past. Forget the past. It has nothing. It's not important because she because she didn't actually live it. She didn't embrace it. And I, I could see the argument that you're making, but I, I agree with Andrea. I think that it works because it was her getting to the point she needed 
to really get that lesson that was taught in the first film and, the, and to really embrace the found family she had. And that moment when she reunites with them at the end of that film and it hugs them is it, it, at the end of, uh, of uh, what do you call it? Of, of Last Jedi when she... she what found family are you talking about? Finn? Yeah. Oops, excuse me. Finn so and Han, even though he's absent because he died, but he still counts. Right, okay, so... so the Resistance, Chewie, Chewie, Finn. Mm, Chewie's been there the whole time with her. Yeah, but I think that he's I think still... it also starts, like, the relationship of her and uh, Kylo or Ben or whatever you want to call him um, as a yeah. family in that movie. Yeah, for better or for worse. And I don't know, I really like... I know people hate Luke's plot in it, but I the more I watch it, the more I like it. I like that he was jaded and that he is still learning as an adult. He still has lessons that he has to over. He still has problems. He still has to overcome. Um, so I don't know. I just think the the rise of Skywalker. It's like they they got they took the fans' perception of the Last Jedi so to heart that people hated the risks they were taking in this movie that they just went in the opposite direction and were like, "What would make the most people happy?" And just went with every single plot point. I don't know if that's was intentional so. or not. Well, I, I don't think it was intentional because JJ talked about that before the movie came out. How they were feeling kind of stuck with the writing because at first they felt like they had to please everybody, and at a certain point he was just like, you know what, screw it, we're gonna write the movie that we want, and if you don't like it, sorry. So that's kind well, of the approach he had. And especially when you look at where Trevorrow was going with it, I know Tim likes Trevorrow. I have no problems with Trevorrow, but Trevorrow's take on it was even farther away from the idea of family, you know, than, you know, like, it, it ends with her being, I don't know, Ray Solano. It's not a big, it's like, who? It, there, there is no sense of family in the, in the finality of, of uh, that trilogy. So it's, it's like he took what the seeds that, that Johnson laid and just went farther and farther away from it. And I don't know. I mean, I don't have... I like last year for what it is. An, I don't think she used to have a name attached to someone previous. Like, like to me, that doesn't. Where's Palpatine's? Like, who's Palpatine before? Who's Palpatine related to before Ray? Who, who, where'd he come from? Who else is he related to? Why does that? How does that make it more about family to me? Like to me, it just feels like it's not thought out. It doesn't ring true at all. Like, and his plot doesn't make any sense. Like, what, 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 Palpatine's his whole his scheme in the end. Wh why does he not win? Like, <laughs> like, like, didn't he want her to kill him? And isn't that what happened? <laughs> like, none of it makes any sense. No, I, I, I think the idea is that he wanted her to sort of succumb to him. Like, yeah, I feel like the down in hatred kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, using I his own weapon, he kills himself essentially with the lightning. Is the idea she didn't necessarily kill him; she defended right. herself, and then he yeah, died as a byproduct. That's some that's some Batman Begins nonsense. That's like, no. oh, I did not let somebody explode, so it's not the same thing as killing them. I have <laughs> like, a problem with that necessarily. I feel no. like the whole battle on Exegol was not. I don't know. It's just like, oh, Palpatine has this whole army where the ships are all staffed like what have they, these people been doing like they've all no, just where'd been, that come from they've just been waiting on star destroyers for 20 everything, years everything about <laughs> it felt felt underwhelming and like 
I don't know. I, I think it was I, just very heavy handed. I get that it's a kid's movie, but it's well, like, like oh, I think yeah. the only the only issue that I would have with that thing, it, it, I think some of those points are fair, but you can pick apart in the same way many points to any of the Star Wars movies up until this point, though. Absolutely. But I feel like the difference for me is that all of them, probably with the exception of Return of the Jedi, which I cannot look at objectively, <laughs> I, it was the first movie I ever saw, I was a baby. But I, I, that was in my heart. But I, I can also admit that, like, I don't think it probably, I think it probably has the same failing this one does. Because I think that everything that Andrea said, I think you're right and it's true. But I think that he did the same thing. I think Lucas did do the same thing in in return. I mean, he literally does the Death Star again. It's not new ideas. He is just pleasing everyone. It is all about action figures and making kids and everyone else happy and tying up all the loose ends. And I think this was the same sort of thing in that sense. And it wasn't the same in it, that it replayed the same steps like, like the people's criticisms of uh, Force Awakens where J.J. was kind of like, going through the same steps as, as a new hope. I don't think that it's, it's going to be exact same steps it, it, because it's not in the same place to start off, but it's still just wrapping everything up. And in that sense, it does fit similar to return of the Jedi. And I'm not trying to be overcritical. I'm not a hater of it. I didn't hate it. Like I, I liked it better than I like solo. I don't feel a desire at this point to rewatch solo. Like I might one day, but right now I don't, I think I'll probably want to rewatch, uh, uh, you know, at some point, Rise of the Skywalker, or the Rise of the Skywalker. I I just don't think. I don't know. I Overall, do, I was underwhelmed. I have a certain uh, like bitterness, I guess, to the movie because I felt like afterwards on social media, it was just such a like wave of opinions about everything, <laughs> and well, I ended true. up. I ended up just having to mute everything I could think of related to Star Wars <laughs> for like the past five months since it came out because I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I can't keep reading these people's opinions. I don't care. It's, <laughs> it, I mean, I, I have criticism about the movie, but at the end of the day, it is just like a fun movie that I did have a good time watching when I saw it in the theater. So... I just muted it and just stayed away from anything related to Star Wars till recently when I watched Mandalorian and Clone Wars came out because I feel like I can finally just enjoy it for what it is again, which is kind of um, nice because now that I watch Clone Wars without a lens of any sort of fandom with it, I feel like it made me kind of crave watching Rebels again. So I feel like I I might actually be able to watch Rebels and enjoy it. <laughs> You know what? What's funny is I don't know how your guys' Twitter experience is. I, I think I know how Jared's is, uh, but that's the one thing that I don't do really anymore. Is I don't see a lot of people's reactions. I don't follow or pay attention to fellow fans as much as I used to. They're mm-hmm. all either muted or word muted somehow to where I don't see anybody anymore. And you know, and I think that's probably for the. I see you, but <laughs> you're you're rarely on. Jared's normally talking about uh, about X Men, uh, and if I'm on, and, I'm not on. Much. Right, right. And, and Andrea's kind of like, hey, th- th- this white lady sucks. Uh, <laughs> but but ultimately, it's like I don't I don't like the fandom. I I hate to say it, I don't like Star Wars fans for the most part because yeah, it's it's gotten to the it's gotten to the point at least that what I'm seeing is. The more interesting news or the thing people like 
that they like talking about as fellow fans rather than talking about Star Wars. You know, I don't care at the end of the day what this podcaster is doing, this podcaster is doing. They don't affect my life. You know, they can go to hell or they can do their other thing. I don't care. I, I've got a family to worry about. You know, Star Wars is supposed to be my my uh, uh, break from reality. You know, like reality is escape. Yeah, reality's reality's tough right now for all, for all of us, and, <laughs> and and I'm supposed to get enjoyment out of these things. I don't I don't need to to see, you know, people bitching at other people about things that you know. Say I'm 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 over I'm over this reliance on I'm over I'm over fandom giving a crap about what other fans think. You know, just I, I totally agree. Well, and even I feel like the- it stopped being an escapism and just started to be another burden. And I'm like I. I mean, personally, I now work on, like, a COVID unit in the hospital. Like, as uh, Courtney Kardashian said, people are dying, Kim. Like, who <laughs> gives a crap about some of this stuff? Like, let me just watch The Mandalorian and think that Baby Yoda is cute. And... Well, because it's like some people think they are on, like, the PR team and they have to defend their opinions against everybody else to prove why they're the dominant opinion out here. And, like, it's that's not how it works. Right. And ultimately, social media is self-centered. It's you projecting whatever opinions you want into the world. And, like, I think people think they have more of a... Uh, what is happening <laughs> right now? I'm, I'm going to mute that. No one's going to hear it, but it's hilarious. <laughs> What is so, it? T- sounds like you're rubbing, like foil against each other. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I shouldn't mute it. Having said that, I don't. No, I think I'm muted. Horrible audio. Oh no! <laughs> People are Mark's show being electrocuted. Podcast, why is why are we why are we recording while Mark's being electrocuted? <laughs> uh, anyways, I feel like there's bigger things happening. Did, did, did he drop his phone in the frying pan? It does sound like it's being fried a little bit. Yeah, no, he's got a good sizzle going on his bacon. Are you sizzling bacon? Here then, hold on. Can you hear me now? Are you sizzling bacon? (laughs) Technical difficulties happening here. Oof. (laughs) Oh, oh. It stopped. A breath of fresh air. air to my ears <laughs> i gotta say like i agree with everything the general sentiment you guys were having about the phantom it's like it is it did become a burden it like it messed up things in my life brought me sadness like it, it brought me nice people i enjoy and friends that i am glad i'll always have but it's also just like it got not to get uh too into it but isn't it nice to have a certain quote uh news unquote Sight off your timeline. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm definitely happy. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, just, just unfollowing people, letting go of past. Mm, I don't I know. know. I, I, my phrasing. <laughs> and, I, and I get what and I get what you're saying. And and without going too deep, you know. The, the thing about all that is 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 the large group just went from from attached to one person to attached as a group. Does that make sense? I mean, is it really no different other than the head is not really part of it anymore? Does that make sense? I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful I, I for all the friendships that I made 
through that uh, association. Uh, well, this part, this this podcast is always flown under the radar, which which is kind of good. You know, we, yeah. we've always just. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're on the network. Okay. Oh, Wait, you're what not are you on the about? network. Okay. What you know what I'm talking about? I'd like to just like announce that uh, we're we're not on any network now. This is podcast two one eight seven's Independence Day. Well, and, and this and the <laughs> crazy thing is, we haven't been on a network for a few weeks now. Yeah, actually, we just... if if we're talking, obviously, we're the first people I know of to not be on it anymore. But and yeah, we just, of, we just dropped it. And, we're making and announcements on. about it, but I I do commend you guys for not doing that because I think. Uh, with like the sensitive topics that were going on in the fandom, it's nice not to take attention away from the people who should have their voice heard. Whereas, not not, not like in as an insult to anyone who did feel the need to like make an announcement that they were making a separation from it. Um, but I do commend you guys for just taking a step back in kind of like the shadows and just letting those voices be in the spotlight where they should be. Well, thank you. I, I think, I think for us, it was more one of those situations to where you guys have been on message boards. I'm sure where there's a person who decides to, let me go ahead and give you, you know, a two page uh, post on why I'm leaving the message board. Right. (laughs) Just go. If you're done, just go. And you know, for, for us, it was like, okay, we're done. And we moved on pretty quickly. And, you know, I, I guess some people want some sort of announcement, but it's like, well, you know, you, you, do, you need an, do you need an announcement? Because there's certainly a group out there who wants an announcement because they're going. <laughs> uh, Just don't look at our, don't look at our mentions. I personally don't think it's necessary. Yeah, well, there's, there's, one, there's ones I look at that are like, these are the only three groups that have not announced that they've left podcast 20. I mean, that they've left the, the network. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to announce it now. Just to make you happy, because like, like that penguin meme, like, well, now I don't want to. Yeah, you you don't like anybody. You're just trying to do this because you don't like Disney. So I'm just gonna see people who uh, pe- people who have listened before we were on any network uh, from the beginning may remember that uh, that's my thing. I, I compare it to like the reverse of uh, of John Locke on Lost and his "Don't tell me what I can't do." There is something in my lizard brain and in, in my amygdala that goes off. And when someone says, you know, Jared, you should really do this or you, you need to do this where it's like, I will never do that. <laughs> like, like what, great what, job. What benefit would there be of the podcast making some like huge announcement about it? Like, wouldn't that just be making it? Everyone about already you? knows like, what's going on. Yeah, everyone like knows what we're talking yeah. about. Who's listening to this. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. Leaving. Yeah. Like you know, us leaving, it it doesn't need to be projected. Like let we all know we've all been liking the posts. Like go into our likes and you'll know. Like I I'm the type of person who personally I don't want to be overshadowing the person who should be in the who should be taking the attention. Like we, it doesn't need to be taken away from them um, for not really a good reason. But that's that's how I feel about that. Oh, that, that that was said well, too. Yeah, guys, and, I completely, and, I completely appreciate that. And there were some people without naming names, but there were some people <laughs> out there 
who were like, I'm distancing myself. And it's like, you're part of the problem. So I'm not sure why you want to be uh, touting that you've started your own thing when uh, you know, you've got some serious issues. Well, now I won't. I, I, what? Spill the tea. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there, there were there were certain podcasts out there who were like right hand with the whole situation, and then uh... all of a sudden got too hot. Like, oh, I'm out. It's like, dude, you've been in. I, you I got gotcha. you. Say you're out. I just, I know. <laughs> if I don't know who you're talking about, I know someone else. Who the bill. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. So yeah, okay. Jerry, I feel like. I feel like I'm on it now. I just know, like, like I was... like being in on a crime. You know, you're, you're there when the person robs a bank, and you're like, "Whoa, I'm out." It's like, dude, you're in the car. You were <laughs> the getaway like, car. I, feel, I you can't feel like just I say just... you're out. I swear, I did not. The money bags were filled with money. I just, I just know that I, I don't think I'm. I, I know I can be very gullible because I want to see the best in people, but I also don't think I'm like the most gullible idiot on the planet. And like I fell for stuff because I thought I was I, I was I, I was legitimately tricked into thinking I was doing the right thing and being honest and helping you know truth come out and, and in fact I was silencing people and I don't want to be that person and so, and not saying something like sometimes is is the very very best thing to do like because it isn't about yeah. you and and whether it's you making peace for yourself or uh or for your peace of mind and legitimately like saying because you want to get it off your chest which i think is very reasonable and some people are doing but also like try and distance yourself when you know very well that you were a party to it or aware of it or don't didn't give a shit like that's not the same that's not cool and how are how is anyone who isn't intimately involved supposed to be able to tell the difference between the two so not saying something and just leaving feels like the classy and the right right thing to do appreciate it exactly for all the reasons that andrea laid out it makes the most sense and i just appreciate that you, you uh made made the choice you made you know and one other thing without getting into details but but you know I, I, obviously there are Get people details no, I, I think that this episode needs to be without getting into detail right look I, I i think there's a debate on what was done what was said all that sort of thing but the one thing that is without a doubt is out of doubt that there could be no disagreement is that people were thrown under the bus that didn't need yeah. to be thrown under the bus. 1, on multiple, on multiple occasions, people, you know, were used as a scapegoat. That and that wasn't true. And I can speak to your situation, Jared, that I know of. That you were thrown under the bus. It seems like another person who who, you know, was in that situation was thrown under the bus. And it's like, okay, you know, even if we say we can debate some of the other actions, his friends or friends were thrown under the bus. That's like, okay, that's just not a person. One time is like, all right, man, you know, I'll take your apology. Multiple times it's like, well, how long before you throw me under the bus? You know? And, and it's, it's, it's uh, like George W. Bush uh, butchered the classic uh, saying, yeah, fool me once, fool me, uh, can't get fooled again. <laughs> but it's true. It's like, if it keeps happening, it's, my, it's, on, it's on me if you don't separate yourself. So, yeah. Not again, not to go into details. <laughs> but, Am I the only one who hasn't gone into any detail yet? <laughs> but if you're gonna apologize for something, just apologize for it. Don't, don't think, 
a full essay that are just blatant excuses for and like justifications for what happened. Just apologize. Learn to, how to apologize and take accountability and move on and try and better yourself. I mean, I, I, I don't like um, Dan Harmon a ton. I like Community, but he did a documentary where at the end he owned up to things he's done and genuinely apologized and does seem to be like trying to be a better person. So I, I don't think people are perfect in any means, but like if you're gonna apologize. <laughs> at least have the dignity to apologize well and mean it or just don't apologize at all just say you're not sorry because people can tell if you're not sorry about something people can see it and they know what you're saying when you're making a million excuses and that's just my two cents and if anyone comes after me i would just like them to know that i'm a covid nurse so right now i'm a hero and they can't come after me I never thought I like Andrew that working at Walmart would make me somewhat important. Doesn't it like <laughs> it doesn't it make you laugh that people are just like you're such a hero? I'm like, am I? I just I just want to like have equipment to take care of people. <laughs> like, well, am like, I, I a I hero? Had, I had people thanking me. Thank you so much for for being at work, and I was like, oh, uh, okay. Oh my no, god! The, I, 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 I heard I heard psychology that explains. Thing is really funny. I was going to say, I heard a pop psychology, uh, I can't remember what it was, from some psychologist on some uh, podcast. They're speculative, uh, of course, but they're theorized on why this is happening. And it made, made a lot of sense, but it's like, who are the people who our culture calls heroes before that? You know, cops, firefighters, um, uh, people on the front line in war, uh, soldiers, uh, sailors, and pilots and whatnot. So in the exact same way, right now, Mark, you and Andrea, because you're out there, in the trenches, you are he- being called heroes for the first time consistently by everybody and being lauded. And it's literally psychologically so our society can accept it when people in your situation die, just like cops or firefighters or soldiers, because then they've died for something if they're heroes. But if they're just humans, oh, if they're just come other on, people, Jared. It's great. There's it's, a whole theory about how it takes accountability away because it's like, oh, you signed up for that. You right. knew the risk that exactly. you might die from this disease. Yeah, and, and I'm like, I... Antibodies now. I don't think I do. Yeah, so... Anyone who follows... I think that... I'm not trying to undermine. Like, I think that, that it's admirable for sure. And, some, and like I'm super, super appreciative. It's just... Like you were talking about taking away accountability. Like it's... Anytime no, it's totally a psychological weird, right? trick to not give people like hazard pay that they should get yeah and, i don't i don't yeah. get hazard pay at all no I we're not get, getting hazard pay. Bonus. um i know hospitals not mine but other hospitals that are furloughing nurses because they stopped elective surgeries so census is yeah. down my and wife's just, my wife's hospital yeah um it's it's really sad and that hero praising i think it's just a way to kind of change the narrative into well these people don't need uh, hazard pay they don't need proper ppe because they signed up to be at risk which is incredibly frustrating because it's not we aren't demanding that we get hazard pay but we would like to be protected i mean i myself um for people who don't like follow me on social media i i personally had covid and I, i'm assuming i got it from work i don't know that 100 percent, but um i'm guessing i probably got it from work and 
to have people like laud me as a hero when I would just rather have gotten a proper mask to wear <laughs> and not get COVID. Even though, I mean, I'm enjoying having antibodies. It makes me feel a little uh, superhuman. <laughs> but uh, it's it's really tough. And, you know, with our government the way it is right now, it, we're not getting a ton of support. Um, obviously, we are not political podcast so not to, not to get into details but... <laughs> that's on politics but, 27 you know government aside here's what probably pisses me off the most is that okay whether can you hear me right now yeah. yes okay whether whether or not you know this hero stuff okay whatever that aside People like Andrea and I see more people every day than anybody else. She likely sees more sick than I do. I like to see more people in general. So don't be an a-hole and start having debates on masks. If the possibility of wearing a mask keeps us from getting sick, wear it. This yeah, isn't it's a about really, really freedom. Easy it's, thing. It's, it's a seat belt. It's, it's a helmet when you ride a motorcycle. It's a situation to where wear it so that other people's safety or, you know, you wear a seatbelt because you want to minimize the the medical response to you. You don't want them to have to bring out the jaws of life or, or, or find you, you know, laying out on the side of the road because you got jettisoned from the car for a seat, for not wearing a seatbelt. You wear it to, to make everybody else's job easier. So yeah, while but... we're in this, whether you agree with it or not, a mask is not a difficult thing to do. Can I, can I no. give another, another metaphor? Sure. Crosswalks. It's like it's like saying, I like all of you. Like, I don't give a what the light says. I am a pedestrian. I'm going to walk while a truck is coming at me. And if he hits me and, uh, you know, it's his fault. And if, he, if he, it's, it's like, because it doesn't just affect me. It doesn't, not just me at risk. Because if the person does slam on the brakes, causes a giant, you know, wreck in an intersection. And, it's insane because you're it's not if you live in a vacuum sure you don't have to wear a mask but that's the whole thing you don't live in a vacuum we're all interconnected so go f yourself wear your damn mask i do think like there's Tim's a got big... some edits in this episode you got me worked up <laughs> what what happened with your voice just there i want to protect I had, everybody I change, sorry no um, no you sound better i'm just wondering what's happening i, I bet i do I, i'm, I'm For actually a second, you sounded like a robot i'm now i'm wondering Skynet <laughs> has well, not taken over both the host, the regular hosts of this show. That's the real reason we had to leave. All this code was about Skynet. <laughs> well, but Mark, but to speak to Mark's point, though, I mean, you are correct about the whole seatbelt analogy. That's a good point. And do you know how many people don't wear their seatbelts? Like, I, I know too many times people who have died from car accidents because they're not wearing seatbelts. So, like, that, that's a very real thing. But you're right. That is a good comparison. And there are people who don't even do that in the first place. And I'm sure there's when a crossover. It's even so, like, it speaks to the amount of individual. Oh, what? Can you guys still hear me? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, it speaks to, like, the individualism and selfishness of people in the United States because wearing a mask will not 100% protect you, but it will right. help if you are an asymptomatic carrier and you don't know it, it right. will help you from spreading it. So people are saying, I don't need to wear a mask. If I get, get COVID, I'll be fine. But you don't know how many people you might possibly pass it along to. That's why I still wear a mask, even though I was sick 
over a month ago at this point. Because I don't yeah. know. We don't know if how long you're still contagious for. And that's two I, of the soldiers they quarantined who went back on that one uh need boat uh ended up coming down with it after they made them all quarantine for like three weeks or whatever. Yeah, I did I did see that. Did you I didn't read it. Are it said they, that they were like, it said symptomatic that they, still? I, I I think that it said that uh, from what I read, it said that they had tested negative before they got back on, and now they've both tested positive. I wonder if that's a case of like uh, a false negative because the tests it are seems like it's probable, right? As far as I've we know right now, um, obviously I I can't speak to uh, all research, but um, the tests are pretty accurate, but. They have to be done. You have to go back like all the way to the back of the nasal cavity. So you have to go pretty far back with the swab and hit basically the back of people's like nasal pellets. And you have to stay back there for 10 seconds. I've seen those on ones. each side. Oh. And it, so, it's so, so people could be so those two could be like a user error or what for the button. Yeah, so if you don't do the test correctly or if someone like pulls their head out and don't get that full 10 seconds each time you might not get the most accurate results um, as, as, yeah as someone who's ocd i think definitely made it worse and just being a kid probably but like whenever i had to have eye drops put in as a kid like i was incapable of not blink of not like flinching or blinking <laughs> like, yeah. like, I, like i to this day I've worn, contacts, I've worn contacts since i was 14 years old for over 20 years at this point and I have never gotten an eye drop in my eye. <laughs> like it's my just eye. Like human nature. I mean, even when I got a flu swab a couple months ago, I even pulled my head out because it's a foreign body going into your face. Like you can tell, <laughs> you can tell yourself a million times it's fine. They just have to do this test, but it feels so uncomfortable. Um, actually, when I got tested, they did the oro pharynx test, so they did mine um, via mouth, which wasn't as bad they didn't have to do it for as long but i did cough all over the nurse did my oh. swab and i was just i was just, I just like profusely apologized she's like it's fine <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm so sorry i coughed all over you <laughs> you know, not to get not to get too political but you know <laughs> I, well no but listen like uh, the caveat this episode <laughs> yeah, yeah quite, every, quite every sentence begins with <laughs> not something. for anybody of us not to name any names but 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 here's the thing, you know. Obviously, you guys know that that I'm more of a conservative than than anything else. But but my major issue is this is one of the first times as a conservative, and I don't need anybody questioning this. But this is one of the first <laughs> times as a conservative where I've been like, "What is wrong with my with my people?" I <laughs> there it's it's so like no masks, no this. It's like guys. Come on, it's not that hard. It's not that big a deal. This isn't anything to do with freedom. It's just safety issues. And it's like, you know, I, I've always been the sort of person who can who can see both sides of an issue and be like, okay, I get where you're coming from. I may disagree, but I get your argument. I don't like your argument, but I understand that you're coming from a good point of view. And, and I've always looked at that politics at both sides. And I've always hoped people look at you know, my political views the same way, but this is the first time that I'm like, you guys are dumb. You guys are, <laughs> you guys are really ridiculous to, big, to, to take in this side. It takes, uh, I think it comes down to a big lack of empathy for some people. And I don't want to I, think, I think that though. I, I don't, I don't want to think that my whole side of a political argument are, are, are just uh, less empathetic. You know, I, I well, 
not your. I wouldn't say it's all. There's a decent. It's a decent chunk at this point. I mean, I also think people don't realize they're being used as pawns for a a bigger definitely scheme of they're getting like fed this sort of propaganda where they're saying, "Oh, this wearing a mask is taking away your freedom." And you people, I don't think actually believe that at first. But I think if you hear it enough times. And if it's kind of drilled into your head, they might think, oh, yeah, why why, why should I have to stay at home? If I get it, I'm going to be fine. I should be able to go get a haircut. I should be able to go do this. Where I think if you have someone who is a nurse or is working uh, in a, um essential business right now that is in direct threat of it, like my parents are pretty conservative and they've been texting me saying, why are people protesting? I don't understand this. Oh, good. And which is good, but at the same time, I'm like, well, would they be thinking this same line of thought if I wasn't in direct threat and updating uh, them pretty frequently? I don't know. I honestly but, don't know. Uh, okay, but let me let me ask you another question. You know, because since we're going all in on COVID right now, <laughs> do you think that it's generally safe if you chose to go get a haircut right now, as long as you and your your hairstylist wore a mask? <sighs> would know, you go get one? I need a haircut. I, I probably it's, wouldn't. I'd, I'd go right now. Right now, I mean, if in six months from now, I mean, maybe my, I would. My aunt, um, who's I, I seventy-four, though... just went because they reopened it this week in uh, or this last week in Arizona. So she's, I, I got like, I, I for the first time, like you just said, Mark, like you had to struggle with thinking, like, like what are they thinking? Like I have, I've had to accept a lot of like, weird from different people in my family, but for right, this is the first time I've thought that particular aunt is an idiot <laughs> like i'm like well yep there it goes like i guess so because she's like super at risk she's so but, elderly but see, but, but see here here's where here's where probably andrea and i differ on is that anybody that comes into andrea's like sphere is probably sick in some form or another so she just looks at him and goes you're sick i don't know what you got but you're sick for me it's like when i see these thousands of people a day it's like it could be any one of you that are that are coming across me so so for me it's more like a Russian roulette and I've been playing Russian roulette for months with these people and so I, at the end of the day I'm like I'd go to the movies I, if you didn't sit next to me I'd go to the movies and wear a mask and I'd take it off just to eat popcorn and put the mask back on but I'm I'm, I'm sick of having to deal personally I would wear a mask but I'm sick of having to deal with people in my sphere who don't give a crap potentially infecting me does that make sense yeah for for no benefit yeah and honestly i think there's some sort of balance that needs to be struck because i i feel the same way when i'm at work because i do see sick people and i honestly kind of feel better when i'm around the people who i know have it because i'm in my full (laughs) do you high five these people well i'm I'm wearing a mask i'm wearing a shield (laughs) i'm wearing a gown like i'm wearing as much equipment that we have um where i know like okay like I'm as protected as I can be currently, but I go in the break room and there's six other nurses in there eating without a mask, or there's just like people gather around, they're not social distancing. And I'm like, you guys don't know if we have it. We're all wearing masks except for when we eat, but like, we don't know who is an asymptomatic carrier. We're definitely more at risk for getting it. So we're definitely more at risk for being carriers of it. Right. But I do also understand people getting frustrated and getting like you know kind of sick of doing this like 
I get that we opening a movie theater or having a concert isn't a good idea, but if I'm want to see a couple friends and I know I've been at risk, I have antibodies now. I don't see as much of an issue of doing something like that than as opening like full bars and restaurants and clubs and things like that, where there's going to be a hundred people. If I'm seeing two or three people, I don't see that as much of a risk as seeing a hundred strangers or, you know, whatever. So I think, right. I, I don't know. I don't think they're really focusing any discussion on when can we see people who aren't living in the same household? Cause we do see people when we're out at grocery stores, when we're out at walks, but we're still supposed to stay away from people that we're, we care about. Um, I don't know. It's, it's tough because you want to do the right thing and you want to be as protective of everyone as you can, but it is human nature to get sick of this stuff. And what if have we accomplished in two months of doing quarantine? We've, we've definitely flattened the curve, at least in California, but if we start opening stuff up, like, do we know if it's going to go right back up or not? We don't. It feels like yet. probably not based on every, like, all the, all the attempts at anything predictive, right? Like, like it feels like opening up too soon will sort of un, not undo, but minimize this, the, positive impact of what we just right did, exactly right? so it's like well then why have we been doing this for, <laughs> for right. like three months now well i well, hate to say goodbye but i think i might have to head out head out where are you going well not, not allowed we, to go anywhere well i know but i have something else <laughs> at uh, 7 p.m our time oh wow right now. i guess it is for you isn't yeah. it i'm yeah. the only one who's not set wow okay sorry to blow your mind uh <laughs> Fry our robot, but well, I, I, I was gonna say, been on. I was saying not not to go into any details here <laughs> because I, I have to at some point. But I think Jared has to go somewhere, so we should probably be going. <laughs> okay, that, this, that was that's been uh, COVID two one eight seven. That was great. <laughs> that, I love having you guys back on. Thank you. It was yeah, very it was, good being back on. It felt good to be. Uh, I'm with, with y'all. I love you. Love it, it was great to be back. It is say, tough working really... shift work, but I'm glad I had this Monday off. Go ahead, I'm like, Tim. What, I'm what, sorry. What, what, <laughs> no, no, no. No, you're fine. I was like, what's really fun is is hearing, just like hearing you guys' voices again, and it, and it doesn't seem like that much time has passed. It, it feels no. very normal. It does. It like so. it's, it's odd how familiar it was once it started. It was like, oh, hey. I yeah. Know. These guys? That's, we how, that's how we know it's all a true friendship. because We haven't even talked about Mandalorian. I thought, and, I thought of that earlier, but I'm like, there's Yoda. not enough time. Oh my god, yeah. I love Baby Yoda. Also, <laughs> yeah, I got so much yeah. to say. We'll, we'll I did get a lot of traction on on that one uh, tweet about uh, how uh, if you do the math, he's like 18 <laughs> in, the, in the movies. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, so yeah, it was great. Of course, again, having you guys on, um, Mark. I do want you to actually do the official outro because. Dude, you sound really good right now with this mic change. And when I do my editing, I make everybody sound even better. So you're going to sound fantastic. So you get to do the outro. Exit. Okay. All right. So uh, first of all, thank you all for uh, listening. We appreciate it. I want to thank uh, Jared and Andrea for, for coming on. Uh, we miss you both tremendously. It's been a nice reunion uh, of Podcast 187. So thank you all very much for listening. And we will see you, listen to you, hear you. I don't know how to well, say We're not going to listen. Time. Well, whatever, Tim. <laughs> Shut the <laughs> up. Edit, edit that out, too.
<laughs> All right. Well, I guess Bye. I will. Bye. Bye. Jimmy. <laughs>